Welcome to Charity Faith Love Podcast. My name is Charity, and I am the lovely voice that you will hear on each episode. I just wanted to give you a warning. My husband tries to keep the kids out while I'm recording, but if you hear some kids destroying my house in the background, just ignore that. So let's get into this next episode. I have a lot that I want to unpack with this one, so just hang tight. We're going to be looking at a piece of scripture that makes us think about being more grateful, but taking kind of a turn of events into some of the depression Moses went through when things got really hard, understandably. But I did want to acknowledge we are really ungrateful people, especially how society is working right now. I know you may be thinking, oh, I'm so grateful for everything I have and I'm just so blessed. But let's be honest, there's plenty of things we get over time and we are completely ungrateful for it. Most of the time, it's usually stuff that we really need and it's important to us, but it just works out for us magically. and We don't even realize we may not have deserved it in the first place. Like if one small thing doesn't go your way, then, or my way, I mean, we end up panicking and then we're like, oh, I don't know if I can trust you anymore, God, because what am I going to do now? Well, guess what? we're not the only ones who seemed ungrateful. There's tons of stories in the Bible that I've come across that people were super ungrateful, even when they were with God or traveling with Jesus and they still would question it. So don't feel bad. Here's your small hope that we haven't lost it completely. The difference in us and the biblical people is they were living in the time that some of the most impossible and unimaginable things happened for them. They would get to have experiences we could only dream of, but yet they question it or didn't accept the blessing that was right in front of them. They would think that as soon as one tiny thing goes the wrong way, that they can't trust God anymore and they didn't understand what he was doing. I mean, honestly, I'm just as guilty, guilty because I can sit there and see huge things that God has done in my life and there will be these big gifts he allows me to have, but yet sometimes I don't think I'm actually grateful like I should be. When something goes really haywire, I get in this mode of basically a form of, I guess, kind of like depression um, about it because apparently I expected it to be better. You know why? Because I assume that since I've prayed so hard about it, it should just be given to me and go the way I want. I'll ask God for help and I expect to have this big outcome. But when it doesn't go my way, it opens the door for me to get these thoughts in my head of depression and anxiety or just simply upset, which then causes me to create this environment in my mind that completely opens the door for Satan to come and get comfortable. He loves to ruin everything and I would just voluntarily give him a ticket into my show. Not very smart, right? In reality, I really just need to do what I know to do, and that's basically to just pray about it. Tell God I'm giving it to him, trust he is going to work it out for me like he always has, and stop worrying because everything I'm doing and creating didn't fix my problem. It only allowed it to create a space for Satan to come and think he could take over. Let's talk about some of these biblical people who have seen some miracles and didn't realize the blessing right in front of them. If you don't know the story of Moses, this is your little reminder to go and read about him. His story is so fascinating, but it's also too much for me to go over in one episode. That could take like hours. But a few important things you should know about him. He was supposed to die as a baby, survived, apparently had a stutter. God chose him to bring the people out of Egypt, split the sea, didn't even get to go to the promised land that he brought the people to, but God showed it to him from afar. The Bible actually says in Deuteronomy 34, 6, that the Lord himself buried Moses. 
He wrote the Ten Commandments that God gave him for the Israelites. Um, lastly, he wrote the Torah or Pentateuch, Pentateuch. I don't know how to say it, but pretty much the first five books of the Bible. And I mean, there's really like so much more, but that's kind of the gist of some of the big things in his life, which even one of those are amazing. Um, a little back history, these people that were being enslaved in Egypt and treated horribly. And so God chose Moses to take them out of the terrible environment and bring them to the promised land. It seems like some black and white instructions, right? Not really. When Moses didn't feel worthy to do this big task that God needed him to do, it was really hard for them to accept. He actually tells God in Exodus 3.11, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? So his confidence in himself was lacking. I mean, this was like 600,000 people we're talking about here, and he was going to be responsible for them and to take them out. God actually talked to him through a bush, which was burning, and reassures the him that he is going to be with him the entire way, and there is not a reason for him to worry, which is a really cool way to encounter God, I think. So I want to go over a specific area in the Old Testament where he's bringing the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, brought them into this desert area where they would be escaping all the army that was trying to follow them. First, when the people were in the wilderness with nothing to eat, God made food fall from heaven for them, which I might add, they were being ungrateful in the wilderness because their poor little tummies were really hungry. So God just literally dropped it from heaven for them. Let's read Exodus 16, 3-5. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around, pots filled with meat, and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food for heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. Now, let's skip to Numbers 11. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good foods of Egypt, and the people of Israel began to also complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt, and we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is manna. The manna looked like small crater seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills and pondering it with mortars. They boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. You see how these people were shown miracles, but they were not focused on what God is capable of doing. They were more focused on what they want for themselves. They think they are entitled and ignoring the fact that God dropped food from heaven. It seems that any tiny little bit that God gives them, they want more. Do you ever feel like you're like that at all? Or what about if people are like that with you? Maybe you are grateful and you try your hardest, but no matter what or how you do it, people don't seem to understand or like see the fruit of what you're doing. And it's really frustrating, right? So here's the biggest thing I want you to get out of this. We're going to go to back to numbers 11 and we're going to go 10 through 15. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorway of their tents whining and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? 
have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burdens of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carrying a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat. I can't carry all of these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. For this is how you intended to treat me. Just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Moses says the load is too heavy. How many times have you told God or even just yourself, like this load is too heavy for me to handle? How many times a day do you do stuff for people and they constantly seem ungrateful and the weight is on your shoulders and the guilt is on you? Can you think of a day that you did everything you could for someone and gave all kinds of grace for them and they acted as if you were just supposed to do it anyway and not simply say thank you? I feel you. I've been there. What I love about this section of the chapter is that Moses, who parted the sea, felt the load of the people's complaints were too much for him. He would rather die than take on the load anymore of being mistreated. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that my load was too heavy and I'd rather just run and hide than actually take it head on. After Moses says that, God came to him and told him to gather 70 people and he would distribute the load between them so he isn't overloaded anymore. Numbers eleven seventeen says this, I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bury the burden of the people along with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. What I find crazy is that God gives the people the meat that they ever wanted and then he kills them. <laughs> he was really intense. Um, but anyway, what I'm trying to tell you here is if you feel like you're stressed or anxious or depressed and your life feels like it's out of control, then you're probably not putting God first. Because God is always in control, and you would sense that and feel that if you chose him over your mind. Moses knew God was there with him, but he let the people in front of him get into his head and change his thoughts from trusting God to becoming overwhelmed. God was there with Moses the whole time, but he had to call on God out actually and seek him to know how to handle the load of all these people. It wasn't something that would just be granted for him to know because when you're human, the weight of this world seems too heavy. It's not heavy for God. He created it and knows how to handle it. That's why these battles we face every day are meant for God to take them on and not us. You must be sure not to worry about others. Don't let anxiety take over your mind and just let God do his job. We have no control over people and their actions. If they are not grateful, that is between them and God. You go about doing what you knows best and be sure to be grateful in your own life. Also know how to balance what you can and cannot do. Don't let the load get too heavy for you and don't let others push you over. There is a difference in maturity and knowing when to say no than letting people run you over. Some boundaries are grateful because you don't need to carry a heavy load. Remember, God found 70 people for Moses to help him. It's okay for you to ask for help. Congratulations for making it all the way to the end of this episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe and rate my podcast. You can also go to my website, www.charityfaithlove.com to read my latest blog post and find where you can order my book titled, Lord Help Me.